Hello, and welcome to Unsheathed with your hosts, Kyle Gold and Cam Hirosaki. We hope that you enjoy the program. Please stick around afterwards. There'll be cake and blowjobs. Hi, and welcome to Unsheathed episode number 80. Say it in French. <laughs> Bonsoir et bienvenue à Unsheathed episode 80. Thank you. Je suis hey. le renard Kyle Gold. Oh, shoot. What am I, Luthra? Is that how they say it in French? I'm Cam Hirasaki, and i got to warn you, I'm kind of punchy right now, because Kit makes me a pretty strong screwdriver, and now I'm drinking a Stella, which, as our UK listeners know, is a sure way to get somebody punchy. And we've not had dinner yet. No, we haven't had dinner yet either. And uh, we're we're being joined tonight by the uh, official title CEO of SoFWolf Press. Yeah, that's good enough. Hey. Um, Thanks for having me. This is, uh, I will go Br'er Fox. This is Br'er or Jeff or... Right. Yes. We'll go with Br'er for the Unshee's own CEO of Sofa Wolf Press, because he's already been on here before, which means we get to claim ownership on him. Ooh. Uh, true. I'm owned. Omer. I claim this CEO in the name of France. <laughs> oh, oui, oui. Um, we're doing uh, old kids in the hall skits now. Um, anyway, we're... Delighted to have um, Soulful Press represented on the podcast again. We are fans, of course. And represent. Rep- Soulful Press. I'm bro fisting you wow, through you your audio punchy. holes. Yeah. Um, I wasn't lying. And uh, so the idea is we're going to start off talking about uh, some of the stuff we've been up to, and then Br'er will tell us all the exciting things that Soulful was up to, which you'll be able to see in person and have in your grubby little paws at Anthrocon this year. Um, I have been up to finishing a draft of the first Collations book, which also has a title. Ooh, I don't think I've heard it yet. I don't think you have. There's only one person, actually, who has heard it, besides from, aside from me, and that's because he suggested I reverse the words, which... Uh, Do we I, get three guesses and the first two don't count? Uh, if... You can, you can both <laughs> guess if you want. If you guess the title, I'll be... No, no, I mean who the one other person is. Oh, who the one other... Yeah, you... <laughs> can probably figure that oh, out. I don't now. think I'd be able to guess the title of your book in one shot. Con- considering he's considering he's the only person I would talk about it to who's not in the room right now. Um, but uh, Unless your story is called, like, Murray Purry Magic Fox in America. I have no idea. No, that was what Keo wanted to call it. <laughs> um, we love you, Keo. Uh, he makes cinnamon rolls today. I know, I saw. They look so good. I know, I wanted to fly to Dallas and get one. Uh, so the the first book, it is the first book in the trilogy, and the, the tentative title right now is The Tower and the Fox. That does sound better than The Fox and the Tower. Yes. Good job, Kit. He said it was you. That was not in the room right oh, now. Oh, it was not in the Damn it. Well, yeah, there goes your one guess. Ah, see, now I know who it is. Yeah. But it's too late to say. Um, but uh, I'm all derailed now. Um, so that'll be going out probably tomorrow. Um, I don't have much else to say about it. I'm kind of happy with it. I was doing last-minute tweaks to it like 15 minutes ago because when I was working out earlier today, I was thinking of things I wanted to change in it, and I realized I hadn't sent it out yet, so I still could. Tomorrow, I have to get it out. So uh, That is what I've been doing, and precious little else. I posted a story this week that I wrote like uh, two months ago. I really like that story. Uh, I've been intrigued by the reactions to it. People seem to 
um, identify with one or the other of the characters, which is really amusing to me. I mean, not amusing. Well, it is amusing, but it's oh, also kind yeah. of what I intended. That's what I wanted to say. You write this like really bleak story about like problematic relationships, and people are like, "Oh, Kyle, your use of emotion here is so evocative and fulfilling." And when I write stories about that, people are like, "Why are you so bitter and depressing, KM Hirosaki?" <laughs> Fuck you, Billy Joel. <laughs> also, apparently, I made an earworm out of just the way you are for someone. Yes. Um, which, yay. Uh, so I have another story. I have a little short one that is of no consequence that I had to write out when I was writing this one. And I got an idea for another one today that I'm going to have to write, which will amuse me greatly. Hopefully amuse other people too, but hopefully anyway, that is what I've been up to. Uh, I've been working a little bit on Summerhill. Most of my free time has been going towards reading lately instead of writing. But, uh, our little workshop that we do got me feedback on the latest segment, and I'm feeling confident about the story again. And also, uh, one of the things at this past workshop that uh, came to mind is our advice about reading your story aloud. Uh, what we do in our workshop is, before we begin the discussion of the piece that has been passed out, is we have the author read like a small snippet of it. And the part that I was reading as I was reading it aloud, like several times I was like, wow, that sounds really bad and I have to change that. Uh So this is advice that we don't just give out. We also try to follow ourselves. I mean, obviously that's my big thing. Although as I think about things that are coming in the pipeline, uh, I will have something of a surprise coming later in the year. And not a fake tragic surprise like last time, but a real surprise. With tragic consequences. Oh, hopefully the consequences won't be too tragic. And as I think about it, I think the consequences will actually only be beneficial both to myself and to all of you. So, uh, there's that. But you're so dark and depressed. I know. Can't you tell I'm such a bitter and depressing person? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One listener will learn a painful lesson. Although, oh, speaking of... We're talking about our listeners, and you mentioned Keo in Dallas. I may actually end up in Dallas in about two or three weeks here for, no surprises here, something to do with Star Wars. Wow. <laughs> There's a gaming convention out in uh, Denton, Texas, which isn't too far from Dallas, and uh, the people who host my favorite Star Wars gaming podcast, I can't believe I just said that sentence, are going to be out there. And I'm like, ooh, if I fly down there, I can play in games that are being hosted by them. So I might do that. And that's my docket. So, Br'er, how has... That's so fantastic. Isn't it just? How has Sofa Wolf been keeping itself busy? Uh, we know some of the projects. Yes, pretty much nonstop the last uh, oh two or three weeks. Uh, I th- think I haven't been sleeping very much lately, but uh, I'm uh, in the process. I was in the process of laying out four projects simultaneously. I'm now down to three, which is nice. Uh, and of course, Alpex is working hard on heat uh, as we speak. So um, three is so much more of a manageable number than four. Yes, it's. So much more manageable, um, and of course, after after those get out the door, then we have to work on advertising collateral and 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 uh, 
preparing for the summer sales cycle and everything else. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, would you like me to go into the individual projects? Is Please that do. what you have me here? How about I'm that? sure our listeners that, would love to be hear what's coming down. We've talked about heat because um, both of us have stories in the issue this summer. Yes, you do. And actually, I will um, start out with heat. Why not? I mean, sure. since you already discussed it. So, yes, of course, you have your story with I'm on Omega. Uh, Doing the illustrations, um, uh, very cute, a very unique style for your uh, your stories, which is c- c- kind of why we chose it. Yeah. You know, so that the art would be very sort of, you know, more um, stylistic and very cartoony, and not the thing that your sort of readers playful. are useful yeah. are it, used it to. It fits the nature of the story. It does. Yeah, yeah. It it does very well. I love the and teasers it, that have been put up. Oh yeah, they're yeah. very. They're very good. The whole thing kind of came out just as we were hoping. And, of course, KM, there's your story being illustrated by Husky. Uh, yeah. Actually, I don't think either of us had announced that yet. No. So no. there you go. Oh, well, there now you it's go. official. Perfect. Now it's official. Uh, and I will be saving a couple uh, um, things from the issue as uh, surprises for the listeners, so I won't lay it all out here. Real okay. surprises, but with not-so-tragic uh, consequences. Yes, not so tragic. We also have a uh, story by Foosball, who I think uh, reprises his story with the thylacine characters from, I think, two issues ago. Uh, uh, it's not the it's same It's called characters. Jill's 49th. It's not the same characters, but it's, but the, it's same the, world. the same world yeah. and the same, the same general feel. So, and that's illustrated by um, Cywolf. Uh, what okay. was that? I was going to say, did you have a question? Who, who our listeners will recognize from just last week. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is the most Kit amount is, of naked women that have ever Kit been Kit is, Kit in the many, Unsheathed Mountain Bunker. Kit just is showing so you us know. many pictures of, well, it's actually many, many instances many. of the same picture of. of yeah, but like emphasis on the many. Yeah. Like a score. <laughs> I think more than a score. More than a score, less than a gross. Yes. Here we go. Uh, I've never seen Kit so amused by a naked woman either. Yeah, exactly. Or so captivated These by one. These are the things Kit does by. while we're doing the podcast. Look at naked women, you know. <laughs> dogs with bacon. Dogs with bacon. Or dogs, dogs. without bacon. Keosinnamon rolls. That's what he's looking for. Naked, wi- naked, naked women, women have been replaced with cinnamon rolls. You can all rest uh, well now, unsheathed listeners. Yeah. They're both sweet. Yeah. And, and covered kind. in frosting. The bacon kind? Ah, oh, I would, I yeah. would absolutely eat a bacon cinnamon roll. Uh, I'm. We're, let's let's I'm, let Brer get back to heat. Focus, oh, says the guy showing us pictures of naked women. Hey, here, that's focus. Is this like a focus. test? It's like one of those things where I'm going to try to distract you, and it's your job not to be distracted by it. This episode we're is already badly at this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gay wolf. I'm gonna giggle myself into a stupor. <laughs> All right. So he, go on, bear, please. Yes, heat. Right. Uh, so to round out the list of short stories, we also have a uh, a very amusing story by uh, Mikma. I believe it's pronounced called. Uh, I don't remember what it's called offhand, but sorry about that. It's but uh, but it's amusing. it's a great story. It's a very good short story. It's uh, being illustrated illustrated by Rureki. Uh It uh, oh jeez, I'm I'm sad she I don't remember the title. Pages. But anyway, anyway, uh, and then Opaline uh, Fox has a uh, 
female female erotica story, which is we don't get enough of, uh, and yeah, that's been illustrated by Shinigami. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we like to try to keep the issue balanced. And I'm sorry, it, uh, illustrated by whom? Can. I think I talked over you. Uh, it's by um, uh, Shinigami Girl. Oh, okay. All right. He's oh, doing cool. the illustrations for that story. Uh, and that's also quite good. So it's a good uh, it's a good lineup of uh, a variety of nice short stories from um, the comic to the well tragic, of course. <laughs> I mean, for you, and then, I'm really you know, proud of my story this year. And uh, Mikma's story is called "A Hard Semester." That's ah, just okay. came to mind for me. It's, it is very amusing. And I've actually seen one of the things that you're not revealing, which was quite enjoyable as well. Good. Uh, and we have a comic um, done by ah, Kiyovi and written, written by T- T- Tempe Okun. Okay, that's the thing I've. Oh, okay, yeah, I've seen that actually. But I wasn't done yet. But. Okay. And we also have a Black Tegan comic. Ooh, ooh! I don't think I knew that. And the covers by Kamui and poetry by White Yodi Yot. Yote, white Yote, <laughs> like uh, Condrell. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, white Yote just always makes me think of Buckley Cody Bonsai. Denton, I think, and <laughs> as it should, and Spretz. Um, awesome poetry is by Cody Denton and Spretz, and uh, and some more illustrations for the poetry by Fluke and Lucrata. So awesome! That sounds like a wonderful lineup. Could be a good issue, and Alapex is working on all his wonderful layouts now as we speak. So Total gray muzzle moment at good. the mention of Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> I know, seriously. I'll probably be rushing home to help him with, uh, um, with the fridge magnet poetry for the back, which is always the last thing we get done. So. Uh, That's cool. It's sort of like the cherry on top. Yeah. That's how yeah. I think of it. That's good. I'm glad you think of it that way. What, uh, what else? Think of it as the victory cigar after the... You know, issue's been completed. Ooh, I like that victory cigar. Here's, here's, it's, it's an old, uh, it's actually an old um, basketball term, too. Because there, there's always a guy on the bench that you only put in when you're up by like 20 points with four minutes to go. Mm-hmm. And the game's yours. And so those are called the human victory cigar. <laughs> I'm just remembering Shaq eating a giant garbage bag full of popcorn. <laughs> Go on, Brad. What's the next publication you'd like to talk about? Uh, so what else do we have on the list coming out for Anthrocon? So we have um, uh, Six is Wild, which is a novel by Tempe Okun. Uh, novella, I should probably call it. Um, I think it's, it's longer a, than a novella. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little longer than a novella, a little shorter than a novel. So it's a no- well, novella. That's the, the boundaries, novella to novel. So okay, well, It's a short novel. It's a, it's a novelette. No, novelette's shorter than novella. Novelette's shorter than novella. Oh, it's even shorter than novella. It's a... Short story's up to 75,000. Okay, short novella. Novelette's up to 15,000. Novella's up to 40,000. Novel's 40,000 and above. And really, novelette's pretty much a fake distinction anyway. Yeah, it's all for the Hugos, it works. That's what it's Yeah, but like a 9,000 word thing, that's a short story. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, that is a male-female Western period romance. Uh, and it's been um, illustrated, the cover in the interiors, by Shinigami. And we also have a uh, an eight-page comic on, uh, based on a short story uh, from the same characters in the same world, uh, drawn by 
city in which we're going to be um, distributing for free at Anthrocon. So, which is um, very cool, just to kind of get people into the world and the characters, yeah. and uh, uh, it's kind of an interesting experience to try like publicizing a novel with a comic. So, mm-hmm. it'll be also hey, straight people. <laughs> Yeah, we have stuff for you on it. Yes, now finally, right. when you come to the Soulful's table and say, "Is any of your adult material straight?" You'll be able now to say is. yes. Actually, yes, I, I read an yes. early draft of Six as Wild, and I understand that he's changed it considerably. And actually, I'm actually looking forward to seeing what he did with it because, I mean, you know, what I read, it was certainly looking like it was going to be really cool. Yeah, yeah, we fleshed it out a lot and uh, spent an in- inordinate time. Uh, figuring out the weight of gold so oh that's right you were telling me that story yes. be fun. which we probably shouldn't share here <laughs> uh and we also have um the f- final volume of um uh vince suzukawa's iso collection volume two which is the second and final which is which an excellent comic finishes the collection from i think uh issue six to twelve i believe that sounds about right i think it's two stories per issue um so six not issue six to twelve but 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 chapters six to twelve right with an extra uh no no actually because the extra was 19 and a half so i guess it's uh it may yeah, be issues say, six to twelve, but it's 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 chapters twelve to twenty four. Right, I think because I think the first yeah. book was up through ten or eleven. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so it has a uh, bonus chapter and a little bit of bonus material. Uh, we also have Digger Six, which is the f- final of uh, Digger as well. Yep, the exciting finale of the of the whole long story digger apocalypse it'd be it's digger gonna be excellent um for those who haven't been following it online you know how it ended uh, dignorock Ooh, nicely done and then of course the major announcement is of course across the nice um Ooh. book one uh or nordgard book one across the nice it's called um and that's uh been completed it's off at the printer i should have proofs waiting for me when i get back uh or shortly after i get back to approve and to get it off into final production so it Um, does exist it does exist we will have uh books completed by early june uh we will be making announcements shortly as to um we're probably going to do pre-orders for the hardcovers um and not for the soft covers because we should have plenty of those for Anthrocon. Uh, we will do pre-orders for the hard covers. We will do pre-orders also for the out of out of position hardcover, which is also something else that's on my docket that yep. ought to also be coming out later this month. And we'll probably be doing pre-orders at the same time. So cool. Uh, and we'll also be doing a few more of the isolation play hardcover as well. So. Later in in May, you'll be able to line up and buy and pre-order hardcovers for all three of those things across so the So save nice your paychecks, kids. Isolation play. Hey, for what it's worth, I do have a micro-legion of fans that have promised to throw money down in a pre-order if I ever had one out there, which is pretty promising. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Promising for me. Uh and we're also we're uh, working on ebooks for uh, um, for. Um, Kevin Frayne's books and a couple other um, books as well. So uh, we're getting into the ebook space as quickly as we can, mm-hmm. <laughs> given my time uh, constraints. Yeah, I've sort of been 
getting my paws out there. And, You've uh, got quite a lot out there in ebooks, which yes, is great. I do. That's, that's great. Um, and I actually have um, not to. I, I just remembered this, which I was supposed to talk about. Um, Fuzz asked me to. Um, I actually released something earlier this year as an ebook first, and Fur Planet is going to be doing a print version. Um, I sent the proofs off to Fuzzwolf yesterday, so they will have it for Anthrocon. Uh, Weasel Presents, which is the five Argea short stories. Um, four previously released online for free, which are still online for free. I'm not taking them down. And um, one that was not ever put up anywhere online, but which is hopefully going to be the beginning of a another Argea story if I ever stop having other ideas to write before that one. Speaking of which, adherence to the first Church of Sex Weasel, stay tuned for future news at some point. Right. That's not the surprise. <laughs> but they, there may be confetti, the good stuff. Is that uh, is all your projects? Uh, that's about it. Um, I think that's enough. Not that that's not enough. <laughs> yeah. We also have a new Self-Wolf Press t-shirt planned for this summer release as well. This looks very nice. Um, we have uh, Fur Piled Volume 5, which is the completion of that one, which was released earlier this month or last month or the month before, or whenever the heck that was, at WonderCon, right. um, which will also be at Anthrocon, as well as, of course, Isolation Play and everything else under the sun. Uh, it, it, it should be a... Fairly busy con for us. If you can slap a Sofwolf press logo on it, it'll be there. It'll it, it it will it will be there. Awesome. That's a lot of tremendous stuff. We're all very much looking forward to it. Actually, I, should be I shouldn't say that because I think there are some things with a Sofwolf press logo on it that are out of print now. There are a couple. A few There's things. a few things. A few yeah. things. And I ought to mention, just going forward, the other projects we have on on the burner. We've got uh, the League of Canids project. Uh, for yes, Rocky which I've Mountain, not, uh, I've not officially announced because we didn't have anything legal for, about it. Okay, um, but we do, do we know? We okay. do now. We do now. Yes, so we may announce it. Let's do we now. Okay, great. Well, excellent. So we've got the lead. You could talk about um, that. So for uh, in the pages of Heat issue four, I introduced a superhero universe with the story. Don't blink. Uh, followed it up with Third Date in Volume 5. Um, had a short story called Stop the World, published in Anthrazine at some point. Was that 08? Might have been. I forget when it was exactly. And had posted online a story called Modern History. All four I of these like were in the same history. world. History. And uh, as it turns out, this January, Rocky Mountain Furcon asked me to be a guest of honor at their convention, and their theme is superheroes. And I'd been kicking around the idea of releasing a collection of the League of Canid stories. I'd written two more specifically for that purpose. Um, I've written one more since then, and so now we've got seven stories. So the original four are going to be published, and the new three. Um, the thing about this collection is I'm trying to broaden the appeal a little bit to give it appeal to a comics market. So I have de-sexed the stories, kind of, to the extent that I was able to, so that the book is kind of rated R and not X. Um, and modern history is still in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, well, you know, when you, when you look at, at sort of softcore stuff, mm -hmm. 
there's a lot of you can figure out what's going on. It's just like he lowered his muzzle and licked, as opposed to he lowered his muzzle and licked the big cock. Uh, you know? I was gonna say, like, did you foosball? And now they're actually talking about cake. <laughs> <laughs> He's Russian cake. I was gonna say, like, why is he Russian eating tarts cake. at a Russian energy plant? Russian cake, very cold. Um, but uh, yeah, modern history was the the big challenge in in that set but i i like the other three stories quite a bit and the um the illustrations for it are being done by amon omega Omega. who did such a great job with the uh charm story that i think he's going to have a lot of fun with these um so we're very much looking forward to it yeah and it should be released at rocky mountain furcon yep that's correct good Good stuff. And a couple more things that I know I can actually mention without screwing up would be um, Lynn Hogan's comic Pridwin, because we've already mentioned it on a past podcast at some con or other. I don't remember. I think it was at uh, FFM. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's all right, for that con. Uh, and uh, that will be out for FurCon next year, I believe, would be the plan. And then we also have... Um, uh, Mandy Tremblay's uh, black and white uh, period piece uh, called Peachy Keen, which will also be you all might know her a little better as Touch My Badger. Right, you might know her better as, I was like, as Touch My Badger, <laughs> although she's artist of the baller badge. She's distancing herself from that name slowly but surely. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, it is admittedly a weird name to call someone. It's a touch. Her yeah, excuse is I was sixteen. Touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a perfect. We all do a lot of strange things yeah. when we're sixteen, so it's certainly understandable. But you know, my things didn't involve making porn. I think I think the the sort of corollary to that is she didn't know the fandom yet, and so when you know she got the kind of responses that you'd expect from people in the fandom interacting with a name like that. <laughs> you need to wash that badger pretty good now. She said, "Yeah," she said, "I need to have another name. <laughs> <laughs> I need to change that." Yeah. So, um, and I believe that's probably all that I have that I can actually talk about at this point in time. So, cool. Same. My my my, also- my thing isn't done, but <laughs> hopefully at some point I can really announce that. Yeah, there's future things on there's, your side, and there's future yes. things on your side, yep. and all yep. kinds of great, great things that will there is no take there is no time. prize if you can guess what I'm talking about. By the way. <laughs> But anyway, uh, well, thank you for that. Those You're all welcome. sound really exciting. We're very much looking forward to all of that, even though I will not be able to attend AnthroCon this year. Um, I'll be there. I'll tell you that Kyle's doing great. Yes. Um, so we have a few letters. Uh, we picked a few that uh, you might be able to give us an additional perspective on. I'll do my best. Uh, dear Kyle Golden, Cam Hirosaki, even though you have slighted my home state of New Jersey, which I can test... Uh, I still wish to thank you for your amazingly inspiring and informational podcast. In addition, I would like to extend an invitation to the two of you to come and pay us a visit, perhaps at FA United in May. It would be great to see you there and prove that everything you've heard about New Jersey are rumors. Everything you've heard about New Jersey is a rumor. Uh, I can even promise a copy of Garth Nix's Sabriel and Delicious Alcohol. Quick interjection. Actually, like... Guy I was dating for a while gave me a copy of Garth Nix's Sabriel for my birthday, and it's still sitting in my to read pile. Aww. I hear it's very good, though. Um, 
And I've actually been to New Jersey, and I like it quite a bit, so I'm not sure when we've slided it. Uh, I think when we mentioned that there's a development in New Jersey called Summerhill, and oh. I said something like, as if I would ever go to New Jersey. But if it makes you feel any better, as much of the shithole as Newark is, it's still not as bleak and depressing as Troy, New York. And you can trust me, I'm apparently the lord of depressing. <laughs> Cape anyway. May is beautiful. I want to been fuck your brain some more, if you don't mind. There was a novel I started writing in high school and dropped because of college and everything. Recently, I've had thoughts of returning to the story with heavy rewriting and editing to de-angst it. As a result, I was left wondering whether to keep the anthropomorphic characters or make it about human characters. From the conception of the project, it has been anthro-animals as the main characters, and I feel that there is enough reason to keep it as such between character traits and motivation and developed plot points that I like. While I have more or less come to a conclusion, I was wondering if you might address the issue. When is it best for the story and writing to drop the furry premise and continue with human characters? Uh, also, I'm still working at my piece involving the main character with gender identity issue, and I was wondering if the three or more of you, or any of your listeners, could point me in the direction of either literature or personal experience, because this character has been giving me a world of difficulty, and it is a fairly fragile subject. Thank you, Cameo. Um, gender identity, did we mention Left Hand of Darkness? That's uh, pretty much the science fiction bible on gender identity. We may have, but if we haven't, please do. <laughs> right. Left Hand of Darkness by <laughs> Ursula K. Le Guin. Yeah, yeah. She's got street cred. You can trust her. Um, there's also a short story by um, uh, John Varley about uh, people who can create clones of themselves, and they can create like different gender clones. Huh. And it's about a woman who creates a male clone and goes to you know live as the male clone, and then wants to still sleep with her husband. And it's interesting. Huh. Okay. I hadn't heard of that. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, I mean, I would honestly just search the internet. I'm sure that there are repositories for, because for people you know, for whom that this is like a subject they want to get into, like it, I'm sure it's been cataloged somewhere. Yeah. So, do you have any? I do not. I do um, not have I anything to suggest in this. Any topic. listeners um, who have suggestions, uh, either email us on at gmail dot com or leave a comment on the FA post where we post this. Um, episode. Yeah, I want to say is. that like this is something that I should be able to come up with at least one example for, and I'm just drawing a blank, unfortunately. Eh, if we think about it, we'll talk. Um, when do you do human characters as opposed to furry? Uh, when the story requires it, uh, when the story calls for it, uh, when you're marketing to a non-furry market, I would say. Uh, it, it's really it's a um, stylistic choice. Uh, it's it's really what you want to tell with and what your market's going for, uh, right? I think. Yeah. You know? I mean, I say if you're if you're the writer and you're more excited to write the story with furries, write it with furries. Yeah. Because if if you don't have the the gumption and the you know the the drive to do the story the way you want to do it, it will not come out as well. Yeah. I mean, plain and simple. That's pretty much my answer too. Do what calls to you. It, it, you know, we, we discuss back and forth what makes a story furry enough, what makes a story furry, when do you justify furry, blah, blah, blah. What it comes down to, what we always come down to in the end is the story's furry because you want it to be furry. Yeah. So if you want it to be furry, then it should be furry. You should never have to justify your art, really. Yeah. Next. All right. Hey there, my favorite furry podcasters. Oh, How nice. 
I was wondering if either of you spend much time listening to audiobooks or audio dramas, and whether you would write differently if you were creating a story specifically for an audio delivery. Obviously, for an audio drama, dialogue is everything, and I imagine it would be a lot like writing a screenplay. I was spurred to write this email because of a particularly good audio drama I'm listening to on iTunes, uh, which is called We're Alive, A Zombie Story of Survival. Uh, it's set in California, and one of the main characters, Michael, sounds exactly like Mr. Kyle Gold. So he's from, like, Georgia or South Carolina or... Or something, I guess. Or something. Consequently, I can't listen in without a small part of my brain being diverted to pantslessness and blowjob references. For the record, we do not advocate zombie blowjobs. I was going to say, I say, like, robot blowjobs, yes. Zombie blowjobs, no. Just so we're all clear on that. Either way. Either way, it is horrible. They do not have fine motor control in their mouths. <laughs> and you don't want any... I can't bring myself to say the sentence. Hope to buy you guys your assorted beverages at a con someday. Uh, Shiraz or single malt scotch. Uh, You're a dingo Hope fan from, from far, far away. Far away. Jinto. Um, Kit, by the way, is very, very worried about the zombie, the zombie apocalypse. So, um, should you, should y'all have any like zombie survival tips or gear? Um, those make good presents for Kit. Uh, yes. So zombie spiders. Also the arachnopocalypse. Um, you know, I've been I've been working on the adaptation of Vol for uh, audio, which um, which is still kind of moving forward slowly, and it's it is very much like writing a screenplay, and so much so in fact that I used screenplay software to write it, and it's formatted like a screenplay. Um, the main thing that you have to do a little bit differently is realize that there's no description. The description is going to be in the set, so your description is very sparse. Um, but there's also no internal narrative, which yeah. is a little difficult for me because I tend to write in first person or tight third. And so there's always the whole, um, of all felt scared. And, you know, you have to bring that out in dialogue the whole time. Yeah, which is... It's tricky, and it's different from writing a screenplay in other ways, because when you're writing a screenplay, you know that there's going to be a visual component for the audience, and in an audio drama, there isn't. So characters need to vocalize things that they ordinarily wouldn't so that the audience gets them, but at the same time, you don't want it to be forced. Right. And that's a tough line to walk. I think that you can... You know, we all know examples of, like written works that have been successfully translated you know, unabridged directly into audio. And right. I think the keys there is really the expressiveness of the reader or the full cast audio, if it's a full cast kind of thing. All right. Golden Compass is a really good full cast audio. Yeah, I kind of like the Golden Compass. I got a little, little annoyed at Lyra's voice after a while, but... Uh, um, but uh, uh, Ursula Vernon's Nurk was made into a really great, very, oh, was very it? entertaining audio book. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, oh, really? That's cool. Full cast audio, which is available. And that was very, very good. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, and, of course, the Harry Potter books, which we've listened to on many a drive across the country. Yes. Um, I, I hear Jim Dale here. but I hear that the Stephen Fry ones are also quite good. good. But... Yeah, it certainly there's multiple ways to handle it, kind of like with anything else. But uh, really, kind of as the writer can make it engaging, or or the reader can make it engaging. Yeah, 
Another thing to look at, if you can find them, if you want to dig back to that archaic format known as CD, uh, is to try to find old radio plays, which some of you listening might not know what those are, but these were actually a thing. And, oh, yeah, I have a friend who's big into old-time radio. Yeah. Um, not not to like further my own agenda, but there are actually some really good radio plays based on the original Star Wars trilogy. They they're actually very well done. I think they're a good. If you want to listen to those, that's a good example of how to put together like a radio play for like a pretty complicated situation that still conveys what you wasn't there. Uh, wasn't there an audio series of Doctor Who also? Oh, there's a ton of audio dramas for Doctor Who. Uh, they're put out by a group called Big Finish. Gotcha. And yeah, there's like and like multiple doctors. You know, the actors who play the Doctor have had like their own like run of stuff on it like uh like Paul McGann who played uh, the eighth doctor from the Doctor Who motion picture which a lot of people are you know iffy on skip ahead a little bit but no like <laughs> he's been doing those like I think he has like over 10 years worth of audio dramas that yeah. he has like committed to you know so there's a lot of stuff out get. there that you can find <laughs> if you want to know more you can write into the Hoofers podcast yes which is exactly. run by Fuzz Wolf and Teal Fox, who now have their own mountain bunker. Uh, I know. I, I've uh, I've heard that. Yeah, it's interesting. Desert. Yeah, they're, they're desert bunker. Yeah, it's Sorry. desert bunker. It's not a mountain. They don't have mountains. Out yeah, there. <laughs> no, there's storm no shelter. The Rocky Mountains. But uh, all right, have we covered that? Yep, I think so. This next email is from MJ Simmons. I was going to read this entire email in the voice of J.K. Simmons before realizing I couldn't. <laughs> uh, a question uh, for purveyors of writing knowledge. When you are writing a story, when is it that you start the hunt for an artist for your novel, even if it is just for the cover art? And when you when uh, when you have decided what sort of agreement uh, do you cut? No, Sorry. Uh, when you have decided what sort of agreement you come to with the artist, uh, and there's no real guarantee that the novel will sell. I read that sentence wrong, but hopefully you got it. <laughs> and when you have um, decided, okay, yeah. and when you have decided what sort of agreement do you co- uh, when you have decided, comma, what sort of agreement do you come, come to, to the, the artist? artist as, as there is there no is real guarantee for the novel sell. This there is why commas are important, people. Right. <laughs> I ask mostly because I am in the edit phase now of Cersei. Uh, and I would like to get some artwork uh, in the book, both cover and also just some page work to provide some sort of visuals for the readers. Uh, thanks again, J.K. Simmons. M.J. Simmons. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I can't believe I just did that. Uh, I was waiting for you to do it. Uh, um, <laughs> so basically, if you sell your novel to a publisher, then the publisher worries about the art. Yeah. I mean, so we're going to assume that you're self-publishing... And not going through a publisher, so rare. Yeah, um, because a lot of people want to do this, and I can understand the desire to want to sort of, you know, do the art for your story because you think that um, it'll help the publisher to kind of like see your world better, you know, when you submit the story, or or you just want to make sure you have control over kind of the way everything appears. And the reason why publishers don't like this is because we want to consider your story based on your story. We don't need extra complications. We don't want 
to have to also worry about art and have to worry about, oh, gee, what if we like the story, but we don't like the art? You know, will they be happy with that? Or will, if we say, well, we only want this, we don't want your art, will that turn people away? Uh, and Especially if make, the artist has already done the art for you. Yeah, I mean, making making publishers' lives easy is a good thing. I mean, that's good for us, it's good for you. Um, so, it, it's, yeah. And, and publishers have a pretty good idea of what kind of artwork will sell what kind of artwork will appeal to an audience and the artwork that you select may be in line with that but it may not publishers also generally have um more resources in the art world to go and select book covers you know they've got artists that they talked about doing covers all the time so right exactly and just why run that risk? And then, and then secondarily, on top of all that, there's the technical issue that you don't know things like, you know, how big the page size is going to be, how big the cover is going to be, what the wraparound, what the spine is. Um, if you have art done ahead of time, even if it was the perfect art and everything lined up and we wanted to use it, the, the very strong likelihood is that it just would not fit in the final version of the book. So right. it's, it's, there's way too many things. We can't even begin to kind of start doing the cover layouts until we know what the, the spine width is. We can't do that until the book is finished and we actually run it through the layout in the final font size at the final page size and all these horrible technical things. So. Yeah. Right. Essentially, as the author, your job is to provide the words. The publisher is responsible for the actual physical product, and you know they need to get the stuff to order for that. Now, that said, if you are self-publishing, which is you know a valid way to go these days, you can increasingly put stuff more so. up through CreateSpace, through Lulu, through what have you, and you're just trying to provide art for your book, um, you would be upfront with the artist. You would pay their normal commission rates and say, I am commissioning a piece of artwork for the cover and whatever you're commissioning for the interiors. And, you know, say, I'm you intended to use them to publish in a book. So how much would it cost to commission you to do this artwork and sign over the rights to publication in the book? Um, yeah, if you're self-publishing, you almost certainly do not want to try to work with a, out a royalty arrangement for the publishing rights with an artist. Yeah, and first of all, because as you note in your letter, there's no guarantee that the book will sell. Right. So most artists would not go for that anyway. Um, and do not, I know we've said this on the podcast before, but do not go to an artist and say, you should charge less than your normal rates because this is going to be in a book and it'll be good exposure for you. Then you sound like a douche. Yes. And an not artist, just a small one, like a colossal dude. An artist will say no. <laughs> but you know what? Why would I do that when I can do art for somebody else who is paying my actual rate on what I've decided I'm worth, or what the market has decided I'm we worth? We still can't say that, and we've been doing this for 10 years. Exactly. <laughs> so so <I> mean, <laughs> pay, their, pay their rates up front. Um, if their standard rates include publication rights, great. If not, if you're distributing it, um, be aware that you may have to pay separately for print publication rights and electronic publication rights. Um, and, you know, just... Some artists might not be, care, but be it is their right to decide what they are cool with. Be upfront with the artist and tell them exactly how you intend to use it and agree on a fair price for it. And, you know, treat them with respect because they're also a professional trying to yeah. sell their craft to get by. 
Also, spoiler alert, you're in the furry fandom. The artists are undercharging you already. Like, don't try to haggle them down. Yeah, yeah seriously. True. And then a little technical warning, just because we've we've dealt with this before. Um, when you work with the artists, remind them that it's for print publication. They need to be able to give you stuff at, you know, 300 DPI right. at the absolute minimum. Uh you know, know what your final size is roughly going to be so that you know what the dimensions of the art will be. Uh, and then just sort of, yeah, just go from there. Work with the artist, talk to the artist, make sure they understand what you're trying to do. And um, yeah, if you're doing a book, specify portrait layout for all the arts. So yes. You don't get something in landscape. Yes, but yeah. So uh, yeah. there you go. Good luck with the book. That's right. Those are our th- three questions, right? Yep. I we have answered ye these questions three. Yes. <laughs> are there any other topics you'd like to talk about with Self Wolf Press while I'm here? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, do you know Blodge? No, sorry. <laughs> I do, do know Blodge. Do you want to say anything about the submission process that's not uh, – is it all laid out kind of clearly on the website? Uh, it ought to be laid out kind of – clearly on the website it will be laid out more clearly on our new website which should be coming pretty soon once alapex gets done with heat and can actually return to it again and i get some time to help him out with it which i haven't but it's always difficult when alapex is in heat yeah. <laughs> no comment and i'm gonna sign off now everyone i have been came Hirosaki. no comment um yeah so i mean the submission process is really i mean for novels uh you know pretty basic industry standard send us a synopsis first chapter no more than that um you know keep it short keep it concise if you want more you'll ask for it yeah if we want more we'll ask for it and hope we do want more um for short stories we have two markets currently we have heat and we have new fables yep um heat is of course adult stuff um but needn't all be erotic um we are certainly happy to get more uh more more what's the word i'm looking for not Violence? not not well no i mean not tasteful not <laughs> like porn but yeah i mean sensual tasteful stuff is all just fine there doesn't even have to be any real active like full-on sex described in the story um, you're allowed to say cock on the podcast yeah <laughs> publication in heat is Thanks not prerequisite on having penetration shown on the page sure exactly like that um but there's heat for the adult stuff, and there is new fables, on. which is fabulous fiction, which um, yep, is with a little more literary bent, right? A little more literary, a little more kind of modern fables, a little more along those lines. Um, right. Those are our two short story markets uh, for comics and art. Uh, for comics, complete it first, and then let us know, or else be really good and really persuasive, and really make us know that you're going to complete it. Uh, for art, you can f- feel free to send us samples of your art. We get that. Uh, we combine artists with projects, so we won't necessarily have anything for you right away, but we're happy to know about you. Uh, we're always watching people, you know, say hi, and we'll kind of flag you and go from there. They see you when you're sleeping. They know I draw the animal awake. people. <laughs> they know when you're drawing furry porn. <clears throat> So, so draw more for goodness sake. More for goodness sake. <laughs> uh, and, um, all right, and if people have 
questions, they can go to the website at www.sofwolf.com. You can also watch us on Twitter at uh, at Sofwolf Press, and we have a live journal which we don't post as much to as we should at sofwolf.livejournal. Uh, Sofwolf.livejournal.com. Um, you can email us here at the podcast at unsheathedpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Fur Affinity as Unsheathed. We do not have a Twitter account yet because <sighs> Kit is waving. Oh, Kit is taking the blame for not having a Twitter account, but I don't think that's entirely true. Um, you can follow yeah, us. We have a hashtag. Yes, that's about all. Uh, you may follow Pound us individually. Kit is at Kit Silver on Twitter. I am at Kyle Gold on Twitter, and I'm Kyle Gold on Live Journal, and I'm Kyle on FA. I am just Cam Hirasaki wherever you can find me. And um, in the on the smile of every child, and <laughs> you can and you can do on every lily, and you can find my stuff. I thought it would be in every tear that rolls down a broken heart's <laughs> cheek, and every drop of blood squeezed from the depths of the Turnip. despair and in the smudged ink on freshly signed divorce papers i am the turnip of despair dude turnips are delicious okay i'm the period at the end of every dear john letter <laughs> um not me i was not being anyway um and uh, all my books and stories and stuff are at cowgold.com which is not always completely up to date but is at least sort of moderately up to date i think my appearances are more or less up to date and it has everything you need to know about isolations play and the series unto which it belongs yes there are many many questions answered there so that had been our 80th episode which is some kind of milestone but i can really only think of it as four-fifths of the way to 100 we're octogenarians we are see that i I use an sat word (laughs) thank you thank you bear for joining us Thank you for having me. And um, good night, all, and keep writing.